0: MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Awesome. Yes, the true history of of Pocahontas.
1: Oh yeah, Um, well, yeah, that was just dumb making it based on real, real people, like, come on. Um, Quasimodo. Who dies next to the corpse of Esmeralda buried? It's fucked up. I love it. I love it, and I love. I used to make college kids cry at work. They'd be like, "I love Pocahontas." I was like, "Really? Let me shatter your dreams." Boom. That that sounds like you. It was. was, It's a lot of fun. That that sounds like something you would enjoy. I mean, I'm known as the curmudgeon on, on the bandwagon.
2: I know. You're also known Just as the like guy who, in- for some reason, didn't think that Black Panther should be in the top ten Marvel superheroes of all <laughs> oh, time. Oh,
1: Jesus Christ! Great oh, job, Patrick. Explain why. Oh, I'm okay with it. Phoenix! I've been with my life.
2: No one cared okay. about your explanation. Why should
1: you visit the chairshot.com? Chairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, there always has to be a news, opinion, how, how, and analysis. You know, it wasn't even fun to create... I'm a white, you're middle-aged than dude from fan. fucking Illinois. I'm sorry that always I don't want to be like, yes, let me project all my today white today. guilt you're on the dude who everybody's just great. really excited don't about no show. because they made That's one, and it's dough. a landmark movie. Oh, not denied it. Not my hero. Not for me. The list is hard, list. so I'm not gonna put Chadwick Boseman as one of my top ten heroes. When I'm not that guy, like that's not for me. I him. can't stand it. I'm gonna let people get over it and live with it. List is done, and I'm comfortable. That's right. Oh, Sylvester Stallone, Judge Dredd, on my list. Chadwick Boseman, not.
2: I think because I changed the audio setting, you have no idea. You just talked all over the opening of the show. None whatsoever. Oh, that's hilarious! That's yeah, the whole yeah, yeah, thing no, was did. I really?
0: No, we didn't hear. There was did not hear. Yeah, the I heard nothing.
2: That's not great. a damn thing. Let me. Uh, yeah. See if we can fix that real quick. Let's uh, see what we can. I can rant before. about
1: Zack Snyder too if you like me to go there. No, I'm good. Oh jeez.
2: Trust me, I, I listen to Bandwagon Nerds, and I don't want to after listening to you. Yeah,
0: Greg. Nerds. Next week, Greg and I are going oh, to review Army it. of the Dead.
1: Oh, we're we're allegedly going to do that too.
0: Yeah, Greg, don't watch it with the kids around. Just,
1: just heard that sound. I heard don't. Adam Cole, baby. Okay, good. Just yeah,
2: we heard sure. that. Yeah, it's actually really funny. Like if you go back and listen to it when I published the show, your entire rant is pretty much has sabotage in the background. Actually, your rant is in the background nice. of sabotage, probably, and and it's it's just as impactful as it was the first time. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast. My name is Greg Demarco. I am uh, one of the three people on this show. You've already heard the other two talking while we had show openings, while we had everything else. It's the Babyface Heel Podcast because there's two sides to every story line. I'm the heel. Obviously, Patrick is the babyface, although depending on your stance on Black Panther, you might think differently. And Miranda Morales is stuck in the middle, forced to be the referee, the peacekeeper, the tweener, and free to choose sides as she wishes. Of course, the Babyface Heal podcast is part of the Chairshot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Follow us along at Chairshot Media. This show... Also streams on all of your favorite platforms like iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so many more. So go ahead and like, subscribe, and leave us that five-star review. Tell a friend. Tell a friend you listen, Tell them what you thought. Let them know if you like the show. Great. If you don't like the show, let's go ahead and keep that part to yourself, but still tell them about the show. Let them make their own decision. Of course, you can follow me on all of your sor- forms of social media at Greg. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I just explained the differences on the Tuesday morning edition of Chair Shot Radio again. So uh, go back and listen to that one. It's a great episode anyway. It's talking about responsible journalism. So give it a listen. It's a good topic. The voice you heard uh, during the entire opening of the show talking about <laughs> what he was talking about is none other than the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. Go ahead and follow him on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist, that's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist. And there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick, welcome to the program. You racist you.
1: Not racist. No, you're not racist.
2: That's it's. If anybody knew I, you, they, they would know way better than that. Um, right, I like was like,
1: you, you listen to me talk on any of our shows and you should... I I mean I'm not going to pretend like I'm perfect, but I, numbers, I think yeah. racist is a little bit of a strong statement. By the way, happy anniversary! Thank you. You know, for the for the in the real in the real life, congratulations for you know staying married.
2: That's I've never done anything longer than that except live and breathe. So yeah, that's there you go. The biggest accomplishment wow. ever is keeping that thing going. Good trip. Yeah, it was the beach night Ending nice. trip. Great time at the beach. Um, love the beach. The weather was a little. Colder than you would want it to be at the beach. Um, hmm. It was in the lower 60s, but and you got the breeze coming off the ocean and everything else. But I ain't complaining, man. The hotel was great. We had this huge balcony that that kind of overlooked the other side, kind of the mountainside portion of it all. And yeah, it was really cool and and something that that was a lot of fun. Encinitas, in in just north of San Diego, in California, is the greatest little beach town. It, it's literally a population of like. 30,000 or 50,000 or something like that we looked it up. It tiny. Um you know, California the the what's open versus what's not open is very different. Um we ate dinner. Like we ate, we ate breakfast one morning, basically on the street. Our table was on the street, like in the road lane that was blocked off. Um, that was cool. But then Sunday morning, we ate at a place that is open on the inside only, and the owner was talking to us about how it's affected his business and everything else. We went there because it used to be something else that probably closed down during COVID and got bought out. So it was uh, good times. Good times had by all. So,
1: so you said this this place was tiny, and it had how many people?
2: The whole city has like thirty or forty thousand people,
1: which I think is hilarious. Because you say thirty or forty thousand people, I'm like, "Wow, that's a decent sized town." As I mean, again, a guy who grew up amongst at, at a town of like four thousand.
0: Well, that's small for California, though, right?
1: Yeah, it uh, is. It's small. for Yeah, California. it's it, tiny. Small for Arizona. Yeah. It, it's. It's. I'm just. If that's tiny then what was the town I grew up
0: in? Yeah, I was going to say, though. Non-existent. I mean, that's also pretty big for Arizona as well, from a kid who grew up in a super small town. I used to talk
1: about how my town was a square mile, like a square mile. You cross-country practice, we'd run outside the town. That's four miles. That's it. That's it. That is pretty small. We've grown since then, but not big.
2: So uh, now I am looking up populations because you know that's what we do here on the show, and and we from, fact check. Yeah,
0: that's why. Spot- Yuma, Wait, last Yuma, last Yuma, week was Arizona, all
1: about Lionel Richie. So <laughs>
2: Yuma, Arizona, by the yeah. way, Miranda Morales, ninety three thousand population in two thousand and ten.
0: It wasn't that big. Yeah, it wasn't that big when I grew up. I I was there in ninety four. Okay, so, it was two thousand and like, like seventy seven
2: thousand. So or census two thousand census is seventy seven thousand. So yeah, it was still bigger than where I just was. That's, that's for sure. I've, it's also the most depressing place on the planet earth. I've been there and it's, it's, I also found out it's the hottest. Thank place you. I thank place. you. Yeah. well, that, that yes. explains why also, Tucson.
0: All but, of those are facts. The most depressing, yeah. hottest, uh, biggest rate of, you know, anywhere from unemployment to teen right. pregnancy, probably Minnesota. also biggest
2: rate of vacant, more depressing than like Kansas in strip malls. Like, Holy crap. Like, we talked about this, but when I went there, every second building was, it's like two out of every three storefronts were occupied. The other two were empty. Like it was just, Mm -hmm. I just felt bad. Like, like I didn't know if to give these people food or to give them luggage so they could move. Like I wasn't sure what to do. So I did nothing, unfortunately, but
1: it's. I did what everybody else <laughs> does. And I, I yell and scream. And I love you're like,
0: I didn't know what to do, so I did nothing. I mean, I sound the like bystander most of the bystander effect.
1: That's that's the Greg Demarco way. <laughs> is it though? because
2: I remember calling both of you out on your show for complaining about things but doing nothing about them? So I'll go back and find it. You guys. At, le- at
1: least we vote. Oh, I voted. Oh, wait. What are you about? Oh, wait. No, oh. sorry. You're just not political. That's hell. It no, is. I'm not oh. political. I got into politics
2: a couple of weeks ago on Twitter, and I. I lost probably a hundred followers and and just stopped what? replying because it was stupid.
1: Well, yeah, that's 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 what happens when you when you engage. Like I didn't engage. But to, what? Are, but what do you believe in, Greg? What do you stand for, sir? You you know what I stand justice. For. justice. I do. I stand justice. for no, individual
2: freedom. You know that. Let people choose what they want to do.
0: Don't judge them. I was just going wrong. with what Batman would say. I don't know. That's true.
1: Batman. well... The twisted version of justice.
0: Exactly. It's some deep. You got. He has some trauma. He has some things. It also depends what universe. <laughs> trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has a really toxic codependent just, relationship with the Joker. Just a Pretty little much. bit of
1: trauma as a child, yeah, like you know. Yeah. Just a little bit of parent murder. Like no big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean.
2: Get over it, right? Build it's a fine. bridge. Get over it. Right. It's just your parents. <laughs> Pull
1: yourself up by your bootstraps, <laughs> just, Bruce. Yeah.
0: He has he has like millions of dollars, right? That could, that keeps him warm at night. Apparently not. So,
1: and knows? yet he chooses to hang out in a cave.
0: It's
2: kind of a badass cave, though. Let's be honest. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, he's rich, so exactly. I mean, you kind of hang out in a cave, Patrick. Like, let's think about the room you're in right well, now.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I I opened my podcast by welcoming other
2: basement dwellers. Like it's true. But I mean, You've been making the basement joke years before you did podcasting from the basement. So
1: True. But, like... You actually... You make fun of basement
2: dwellers so much, you became one.
1: Eh, it's the easiest place to do the podcasting. Oh, uh, it makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. And if I had a basement in another state that wasn't Arizona, I'd probably podcast from the basement as well. So I completely understand. I got the Harry Potter room, the closet under the stairs that I could podcast from, but I don't. So
1: that'd be kind of uh, cool. Yeah. If you get, if you're going to do that though, you'd have to like, I I'd expect to see you on the, on the, um, the Google meets, like huddled sort of like mm-hmm. holding like a little microphone, like you're trying to yes. do it in secret. A la Harry Potter. I see what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Also, you need
0: it's... to have Dobby. If Dobby's somewhere not in this, oh picture... fuck Dobby! No, don't no say that what to is him. Fuck
2: Dobby! No. Tra-
0: Dobby's Dobby's like my a second a or saint. third
2: favorite character.
0: Dobby was a saint.
2: All he wanted was what? a damn pair of socks. And when he finally got him, it he was He got like, a pair of socks! He got it and he
0: I died! And then he, he got died. his socks and like he died.
2: Patrick O'Dowd, you don't understand.
1: Five five years later, he no, no, got no. his sock he died after getting his socks. Someone handing Dobby a pair of socks
2: was like Captain America finally saying, Avengers, assemble. Okay, this is a big fucking deal. And I don't think you understand just how big it is. You Black Panther hater.
1: It happened in book two. Jesus Christ! He got the socket book too. He fucking lived <laughs> for another five years, and was, all he does is fall around Harry Potter, and be like, "I love you, sir. I would do anything for Harry." And Potter. he did. He, he paid, paid the ultimate price. Right? I did not feel sorry for Dobby. I did not. Yes, I, I know. No. I felt more for sorry for Hedwig the owl than I did for Dobby. Oh.
0: It's true. It's oh. true.
1: It's like, oh, the poor bird.
0: Hed- Hedwig had he sucked when he died, but Dobby. His death scene is like one is still like one of the most like tear jerking scenes in the entire series.
1: But was it though? Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes, it that was. was yes, it was. That's a fact.
1: Really? I don't know if you
0: could
2: not appreciate. Uh, I just, I don't know, dude.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry that I don't care about the. Wow. I mean, you're not. No. Certain, you're apologizing
2: also, for something you're not even really sorry about. I'm not at all. Yeah, no, then don't just, yeah,
0: don't be sorry. You just you're just like, where's that piece of your heart that's missing? It's like the Grinch.
1: I mean, I don't know, like <laughs> Here, I'll do this just for you. Yeah, okay.
0: that's
1: <laughs> hey, if if that's what helps you all sleep a night. I mean, I've been called racist oh, so far. I I I clear I hate Dobby the house elf.
0: Well, you uh, you said you hated Dobby. I I do I hate Dobby. I, I, don't, I do not don't believe like you are Dobby racist at all. whatsoever. No,
2: no, no. Racist against house elves, maybe,
1: but oh. I mean they are a slave cast throughout the entirety of the Harry Potter universe. Even though they're quote unquote happy to do it,
0: no, they're not happy.
1: Her- Hermione, Hermione had that part right.
0: They're not happy.
1: How could you? It's so,
0: so yeah, Thank so that, hard.
1: um, so that happened.
0: <laughs> yeah. <Those are laughs> and, so that's Patrick uh, my name's, I was going to say, my name's Miranda, by this the way. Is Miranda, Miranda Morales. Morales. She's also N- the Nice to join all of you on here the, uh, on the Baby Face Heal podcast.
2: When, when I'm allowed to talk. No, about you it, weren't. It, don't don't, don't lie.
0: You weren't. No, I was. We all know Patrick's the favorite. Patrick's the longest best friend's date. day whoa, Hold
1: up, hold up, hold up, hold up. How many podcasts do you do with Greg on a regular basis? I mean, that's just because I. I mean, keep, well, is it was. Yeah, but do somebody, you want to you know, do has, that many podcasts with say.
0: Greg? Somebody has to do it. Do you want to? Well, here, here's
1: the follow up. Remember that great Triple H podcast that Greg and I were going to do like two <laughs> years ago? Like, it I'm has still been waiting. almost that long. I got, I got, I got a notebook. It's, I don't know where it is. I don't have a notebook. I'm you just, don't have a notebook. I watched. I watched one Triple H match. Yes, a short one.
0: (laughs) So you guys are so prepared for this new podcast.
1: No, no. Greg kept being like, ah, we'll try it this time. We'll do this. And finally, I just stopped asking. Because I understood that his chair shot radio session with Miranda and the hashtag Miranda show was just always much more important than the Triple H podcast.
2: You gave up long before chair shot radio on Wednesdays with Miranda was ever a thing. So you were doing like, the
1: Miranda show before the Triple H? Show. No, I
2: said chair shot radio with Miranda. Oh yeah, you've got shot giant radio. ear different. but ear things on either ear. You can hear what I say. Like I, I could. Know you just if had your a birthday, internet would keep cutting but,
1: out. You keep fading in and out. Like
2: then we need to get you weird. checked. We're gonna get we're gonna get you. Who's your nearest ear, ear ear doctor that we can get you checked by?
1: Oh no, I can I can hear Miranda just fine. It seems to be a Greg problem. I think that's selective. Uh, is what that is. I don't know. After, Hashtag Greg's fault. Like, after, so many years,
2: yeah. after so many years, you've become selective. And, and I kind of can't blame you, so it's okay. I don't – I really can't hold that again.
1: Brandon, we still got to work on our shirt design, by the way. We right? do, like yes, new, yeah. The new best friends.
0: The new best friends. I'm we really wouldn't want that. that. We wouldn't
1: want that to fall by the wayside like a Triple H podcast. No, yeah. we're going to
0: so, – Or we're everything else you've ever design. said
2: you wanted to do and never did, so – on well,
1: yeah, but you that's because I'm like, I, expect, you I expect better from you.
0: Like, <laughs> the expectations are all set on great. Like,
1: like, do as I say, not as I do. Like, this like is I'm just about, glad that that didn't is happen to Bandwagon me. Nerds
2: because Bandwagon Nerds is so good. I, I would It would have been unfortunate if you, Patrick O'Dowd, did that one. So I'm glad that that one has, is is as good as it is. By the way, I don't think you sound like Bob Odenkirk one bit.
1: I mean, they're the ones who created it. I'm just running away. I, I don't know. I was saying i in my head.
0: They no, didn't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Oh, I
1: don't, I don't sound like Bob Odenkirk no, at all. But if what I think is funny Flat is like it was like it was like metal. part of this like roast thing. Yeah, like they they were trying to they were trying to roast it me, did. and I was like, this is actually like really complimentary. No, I don't man. understand <laughs> what hap- you guys don't know what a roast is. It's like when I make fun of Greg's face and how the nose just sticks through the screen. It's almost like it's. <laughs> three-dimensional right. poking me in the eye my god you should go get the same plastic surgeon that charlotte has and fix that fucking beak on your you face know how many times would
2: gross. i have to go to the plastic surgeon as many times as she has because she's oh, unrecognizable god. if you go back and look at like when she made her debut uh, with yeah Roger, totally it's a different person like her dana brooke sadly for you carmella like Dan- they all don't look the same. Uh, dana
0: brooke that's the one yeah, that actually gets me kind of sad because I liked the way she used to look.
2: I've never really liked much about Dana Brooke, to be honest with you, but but she's also a perfectly fine human being, and I don't know why she'd have so much plastic surgery. It becomes an addictive – in Charlotte's case, the most recent stuff actually was an improvement on mm-hmm. some shoddy-looking work. Usually that's not the case, but someone finally said, look, we just gave you a raise. Let's go get this stuff fixed.
1: So, fix, fix the nose, for God's sake still
2: think she should have just still not as good as the original. Like that's the problem that I have with it. Like still not as good as the original. So
0: as I don't think I'd ever get my nose. Cause like there's lots of body parts I'd be able to tinker around, but like a nose, like once you start with that, there's no going back. No, no, there isn't like you just start chiseling. it. You start chiseling and chiseling away. And if you don't get it right the first time, it's the chances of it getting right. Every single time after that is going down dramatically.
1: Well, only you only have so
0: much nose to work with, and uh, unless you're
1: Greg, I was gonna say I got start all with the first eight inches. Take
0: take <laughs> the first eight inches off,
1: see where we stand, and then if we got to go back, we'll just revisit that shit.
2: I've I've <laughs> there's so
1: many things. Dude, I this is do. this is like a this is like <laughs> a fifteen year old joke. It like, really is. and unfortunately, it.
2: every single reply I normally have for this man, I would never say to him on a podcast. So. That's, uh, yeah. that's, that's, that's why I'm not going to, um, cause that, that's, that's like that, that's, that's, that's some bro code shit that you can't do. So anyway, before I think she interrupted herself and was interrupted by somebody else. That is Miranda Morales. And you can follow her on the Instagram, not on the Twitter because she is the Twitterless heroine. She is at the hashtag Miranda hashtag spelled out. It's the queen of soft style. Miranda Morales. Yeah. Waving on a podcast. Only like 19 minutes into the show when we introduced you. So,
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. (laughs) H&Ps, honor and pleasure.
2: (laughs) H&Ps. Is that like T's and P's but a little bit different?
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. T's and P's I think is more. Patrick, do you know what these things stand for? You, You look puzzled. No idea. T's and P's is thoughts and
1: prayers. Oh well, that would explain why I don't know what that shit is. Because <laughs> you don't think, you don't have thoughts for people. I, I don't. I don't give out thoughts and prayers. No. Okay.
2: I, I think people could have guessed that about you at this point, but yeah. it's a hollow yeah.
1: gesture at best.
2: Is it though? You have something negative about everything. You really do.
1: I I I don't buy that. Like thoughts and prayers has become the the thing we say because it's supposed to be the appropriate thing to say. And I just, like, I just don't buy it when somebody's like, thoughts and prayers. Like, What if a
2: scientist told you that you should do thoughts and prayers? You'd probably do it with no questions. Sorry, I'm getting the political science again. science behind I the thoughts
1: and, and prayers? Yeah, it's I, don't want,
2: I don't want to get political. Like, can I,
1: can I, get I get the empirical data that's been peer-reviewed and then re-experimented upon? Yeah,
0: Is that how
2: science works? Only if you <laughs> choose to ignore the other data that's also been peered upon, yes. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It could be maybe like if his favorite wrestler said you should do thoughts and thoughts and prayers. No, nah, I don't know?
1: think he'd be. No, r- Rick Martel's not going to do that. So, no. <laughs> <was gonna> say- <laughs> no, if
2: Randy Orton told Patrick O'Dowd to do thoughts and prayers, Patrick O'Dowd would have a laundry list of reasons why he shouldn't listen to what Randy Orton told him. So that's.
1: I'd actually just be like, "Are you sure you're Randy Orton?"
0: <laughs> that's true, Randy Orton.
2: You know, the modern Randy Orton is totally different than the prior Randy Orton. Like
1: he has yeah, feelings yeah, now. That's, he- that's true. He- he- he is still the king roaster on uh, on the social media though, uh, oh, yeah. at all times. Of course, yeah, he
0: is. pretty good social media. He doesn't give a shit, Patrick. Do you like my Instagram story? How I said, pretty much Riddle and Orton is is the modern day Miranda and Patrick.
1: Craig, do I do I ever go on Instagram? I was gonna say he probably didn't
2: see it. Those expire after like twenty four hours. He he didn't
1: see it. Yes. Well, so I, what what happens when I go I on like Instagram it. is I see the little red dot that tells me that somebody said something mm-hmm. and then you'll click on it and it's all gone yeah. because Has it it's two days before? Every, he hasn't actually like a, seen the dot yet
2: for what you're talking about. He hasn't even seen the notification yet. He'll, uh, he'll see that tomorrow.
1: <laughs> did I? I don't, well, here I'll check now. It doesn't no, matter I now.
2: I now it's gone. Yeah. I'm sure it's gone by now.
1: I'm sure no, it's gone, it's but not, I want mean, I, I to see the notification is there though. Like,
0: No, uh, oh, I don't know.
1: Maybe. No, oh, there's a yeah, no. All right. Well, while you look Brandon at that. Morales mentioned good. me in my. Miranda Morales mentioned you in their story two days ago.
0: Two days ago. <laughs> only,
1: here's, here's the thread. It's like Miranda mentioned me in a story. Mentioned me in a story. Mentioned me in a story. Nothing. Nothing. Like I, I see none of this. Then at some point, I wrote best friend, huh? And Miranda replied, "Yup, that's that's our entire thread."
0: Mm-hmm, that's our thread. That's our threat. That, like that makes perfect sense.
1: That
2: makes perfect sense. One hundred. I'm okay with it. As you should be. As you should be. So yeah, you know what? Let's uh, let's do the T-shirt thing, and then we'll come back.
0: Yes. Yeah, Greg. Why don't we uh go ahead and? It's already winding. Yes, it is indeed time for you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot to pick up your very own Chair Shot t-shirt today and if you shop between May 26th and May 31st you can get 20% off your entire order using the code MEMORIAL. Yes, 20% off your entire order and free shipping in the US on orders over $150. That means you have $150 worth of Chair Shot t-shirts that you need to buy for free shipping if you go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot you're going to find a ton of awesome t-shirt designs for you to choose from all in support of the chairshot.com that includes multiple always use your head t-shirts multiple chair shot logos and some real fun t-shirts including the unofficial official t-shirt of patrick o'dowd hashtag save tag team wrestling the queen of soft style shirt and everybody hates greg so go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot to pick up your t-shirt today. Don't forget, if you're shopping between May 26th and May 31st, use the code Memorial to get 20% off your entire order. That is ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot.
1: Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to
2: our new partnership with Angry Lemonade. You can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code shot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. So earlier today, today being Tuesday, May 25th, that's the day that we record this show so you can listen on Wednesday, news was released that WWE has well, released, parted ways, ended their relationship with Monday Night Raw play-by-play announcer Adnan Virk. Now, Adnan Verk had been with the company seven weeks and had appeared on seven editions of of WWE Monday Night Raw, and now he's gone. This has prompted everything from his explanation that, you know, oh, the travel was so much, but I'm thankful for the time, the opportunity the people, all of that, to everybody saying, well, he sucked, and he shouldn't have been in the role anyway, and that's probably why he was really fired, and now he's doing damage control. So here we sit, seven weeks after his WWE debut, Adnan Virk no longer in the big chair, no longer... The play-by-play voice of WWE Monday Night Raw, Patrick O'Dowd. We'll let you go first. The internet obviously knows what they're talking about. He just sucked, right?
1: No, but uh, um, was he was he perfect for a guy who'd been doing that that particular role for seven weeks? No, but was he the worst thing I've ever heard as a play-by-play guy? Not even close. It was. That's the thing that I was, you you talked about. The internet. It was. It wasn't even so much that they were like they were just so smug like if 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 Twitter could have a tone over adnan Verks's departure, it was this smug like wrestling's hard, doing play by play for wrestling is hard, and not just anybody could do it as if adnan Verks showed up off the street and was like, "This looks easy, I'm just gonna do it and be amazing and i it is hard, I agree. I think that seven weeks is a little quick to pull the plug for a guy who was jumping into a completely different environment than I'm sure. Like it's famous what it's like wearing the headset when you're doing play by play for raw. And that is that the producer in your ear is a very loud producer who basically tries to dictate what you say pretty strongly all the way through your show until you become, you know, Michael Cole or Jim Roth. And even Michael Cole always has a voice in his ear. And so seven weeks and we're going to smugly be like, yep, this guy was a total failure and he never should have been hired. That's just whatever. I don't, I, I don't think the, I think the WWE, you know, the mutually parted ways part of it tells me that they weren't feeling it and they weren't willing to see it through maybe is, or it just wasn't happening fast enough for them. And maybe well, some of the family stuff for Adnan was true as well. Uh, they didn't right? say
2: mutually. They just said parted ways. They didn't say mutually. Oh, I thought, I, thought I said mutually. mutually. And they thanked him for his work. That's the, and we thanked right. him for his yeah. work. Not hard work. They didn't work, wish him the best. Not valued work, yeah. Not good work. Just, we thanked him for his work. And you know, people are going to read into that right. and they know people are going to read into that when they make that statement. Here's my thing. And kind of in response to what you were saying, I, I think it was a failure, first of all. He wasn't that good. Now, whose fault is that? I don't know. Why do you hire somebody with no experience at this and put them in that chair for the longest-running weekly episodic television show of all time? The franchise show, even though it's not SmackDown, which is on network television, it's still Monday Night Raw, the most iconic television wrestling show name in the history of professional wrestling. And you put Adnan Verk there like that you put Adnan Verk in NXT and let him learn what he's doing. And then you put, you know, somebody else in the chair for Monday night raw. And, and again, you took Tom Phillips away and Tom Phillips was just fine. And now we have mm-hmm. Adnan Virg. Right. Like I just don't yeah. get it. And I don't see how that can really be his fault. Well, I don't think it was successful. I think it was a failure, um, but I don't see how that could be his fault. Let's let Miranda go before you talk again, Right, um, right. your thoughts on the departure of Adnan Verk from the big chair.
0: Well, uh, kind of going back to the fan perspective, I think this is also another case of fans being very protective of wrestling. And when you have an outsider coming in, especially taking in a role that could have been, with someone already with the company this was also happening around the time that Samoa Joe was released and so a lot of fans thought why couldn't we continue to have Samoa Joe in this role I think a lot of people thought that uh and then took Samoa Joe's place um for for whatever that's worth but I think that this is also a case of here's an outsider coming into wrestling not knowing it and not even though I don't think he did anything disrespectful, it's just that we as fans sometimes can get very, and I say we, not me, everybody else, can get very protective of, you know, wrestling and who comes in. I think with Pat McAfee joining SmackDown, there was a little bit of a, a, or already a familiarity. We've already seen him in the ring. We already saw him in a program. And also he's been a fan. So it was very much more well-received than, um, Adnan coming coming in. So I feel like that's probably where a lot of that negative reception comes in. And I think it comes in any single, every single time you have an outsider come in into that role. But I do also think it's an interesting uh aspect of how sometimes they take too long to pull the plug on something, and sometimes they pull the plug immediately. And you know, it may things still may not be clicking, but for some reason they let things run um longer for whatever reason and then in, and like in this case they pull it pretty quickly i think probably it's because it was still early enough where they could reshift pieces and they could find some semblance of a team again Where people um and if it just wasn't gelling with the company especially and those are really the people who matter you know fans they can have their opinions but if it's the people behind the scenes though those are the opinions that matter and if they didn't feel like it was a good fit it was never going to work but I understand that that's also seemingly part of the this direction that the company has taken really over the past you know few years and I think will continue is strategically bringing in outsiders from different entities whether that's sports or entertainment into the WWE to kind of help bring in a different fan base and help kind of uh, you know um Legitimize, which is not the best word, but this is the best word I can come up with, as to you know, making the WWE feel more of a l like a legitimate sport.
1: I, I don't think legitimize is is a bad word to use at all. I think that Greg, I, I kind of want to go back to something you, you mentioned, or you sort of alluded to they really set up Virk to fail. because um, even if you look at the Mike Adamley disaster. Adam Lee didn't start like Adam Lee started as a backstage guy like holding the mic and interviewing people before they actually put him in a chair if I am like Verk didn't right. even get that yeah. and so that's kind of what I was getting at with with this whole thing is he he was brought in to do play by play and you know whether or not like how he got the job, like how he was approached to, to be offered well, I'll the talk job. About that what, in a
2: minute. I know something about that. I know something about that. Yeah,
1: was, I'll get there. I was going to say, because I don't, I don't really know how that that went. Um, I don't know that he was sitting there being like, haha, I want to take Samoa Joe's job. I mean, you know, if you're presented with an opportunity, What's to stop you right. from taking it? Well, he didn't take some of his job either, but that's different. No, or, or, yeah. or
0: um, and again, that's, whatever. I think the perception of it, you know, right. like just the timelines were close enough where people thought that, which I think just added yeah. more to fans not wanting to give him a, a chance at all. So well, that's, that's
1: just the toxicity of a fan base, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Right. right. If you ever go on
2: Twitter, right. we see that on a daily basis. So here is, okay, so here's a couple bits of information that are out there. That's not anything that's really, you have to be privy to to know. And Michael Cole even talked about this on the Pat McAfee show. Michael Cole's job that most people don't realize is vice president of announcing. And Michael Cole made the comment with Pat McAfee about whether or not the whole Pat McAfee experiment will work. And he said, well, it's my job if it doesn't. Michael Cole was the one behind these announcing changes. Michael Cole was the one behind bringing Pat McAfee to SmackDown. Michael Cole was the one behind shifting Corey Graves over to Raw, so we could have Pat McAfee on SmackDown, and then the hiring of Adnan Verk. And that was just a bad decision on Michael Cole's part and and right. on WWE for going with it. And it's it seems like the first time that since Michael Cole's kind of been in charge of the announcing, there have been these random shifts that have taken place. Now I don't know if that's Vince saying, "Hey, we need to fix these things." Michael Cole, fix it. Or if that's Michael Cole thinking, I want to put my thumbprint on this and, and really impact this sector of the business with what we're doing and, and what we're working on. WWE by nature is day of. It's a day of business, right? Talent has no idea what right. they're doing until they get there. And that's by design. Sasha Banks once talked about an interview before she got her mega push where she complained that they don't know what's going on until they get there. And that's how they keep shit from getting out. Like that's not a new thing. So your announcers also don't know what's happening until shortly before the show. And if you don't know what you're doing, that's a real tough position to be in. If you're adding on Verk and you don't really know what some of these things are, and now you got to talk about it, like that's tough. And even if you're studying and watching the product, it's still very hard because you're new to that. And I have a feeling he was thrown in with very little preparation. I really, really do. Based on how quickly those announcing moves and releases happened, and, and you know, Samoa Joe literally was there for WrestleMania and then three days later was gone from the company. That's just, right. you know, kind of tells you where where things were at with that. Uh, and they'll probably put Tom Phillips back in on Raw on Monday and he'll probably do a perfectly good job, just like he has always and everything. I think Vince just doesn't like him because he's like this scrawny little guy who seems really frail. Like if the wind blows, Tom Phillips would blow away. And I think that's Vince's problem with him. Um, which is really, really stupid because I think Tom Phillips does a good job when he's not, you know, DMing underage girls. But that's a whole different story. Um, but they, uh, you know, it took them how long to hold that against Velveteen Dream? So who knows? But it's, right, it's interesting that they even did that. And and to me, I think the one who should be most worried about this is Michael Cole because WWE is not afraid to strip you of your power in a position. Look at Johnny Ace. Look at John Laurinaitis. He's been up and down in his roles for the longest period of time. So many others have have gained power, lost power in in that company. And I could see it happening to Michael Cole as well here in all these shifts and changes that we're seeing within WWE. We wouldn't change the status as an announcer, but could change some other things. Um, So that's, I, I do think, like you said, guy was definitely set up to fail. Could this come back and bite Michael Cole in the ass? Miranda.
0: I mean, I think the, so I want to go two ways. Yes, it could only because it seems like sometimes there are weird things that the company holds against people. And even though this was very short term and very fixable, um, I think if it made that negative and an impact in that short amount of time, they may hold it against him where, yeah, it could, it could. Bite him, um, but I think it's also the fact that it was only seven weeks, and that it is fixable, and they can transition back to a team that, in seven more weeks, will forget about it and life will go on and everything will be fine. So I think that yes, only depending on how those higher ups, how long they hold on to this, and they view this as a major mistake. But if you let you know seven weeks go by it could be something easily that everyone forgets about to move on. And, you know, there, there you go. Life, life goes on. So I I like to lean towards no, um, but there's always that possibility because I just, I don't personally know who in that higher power positions hold on to these types of mistakes for that long. And it seems like it's very somewhat arbitrary. I mean, even just in the example between Tom Phillips and Velveteen dream, you know, like there's things that get held on for a while, things that some people get addressed for and some other and others don't, whatever it may be. So I think because of it's it's just so random, almost like it's hard to tell.
2: Well, and for the record, I, I, I don't know that Tom Phillips DM escapades were underage, like Velveteen dreams were. So that's right i put
1: that out there. Sorry. And, and I will say that there is, Please, something yeah. to, there is something to be said about a perceived value, like rightfully or wrongfully. Like you, you look at folks who get multiple chances and, and there's just, there's a perceived value. Like, I'm sorry, an announcer versus a, a performer who was over until that news really broke. Um, mm-hmm. I could, I could see why the WWE, even though it's gross, would reluctantly like, like, let that, let that person go. Um, I, you know, in, in terms of what I, it is, it is interesting. Like I, I kind of agree with you, Greg. Oh gosh. Wow. That was a Midwestern <laughs> Greg. If I've ever said one, um, like I got the accent full on that yeah, one. Yeah. I, 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 I lean along with you that, you know, it's not, I don't think Michael Cole's going to lose his job or anything but I could see him being under a tighter leash um, mm-hmm. in terms of like those sorts of decisions. Uh, cause, Cause if he was given sort of carte blanche to make those hires, then making a mistake with that hire and, and what is a significant amount of a significant enough of a mistake in the eyes of the WWE that they cut it loose after seven shows like that, that, that puts your performance into question in the eyes of Vince McMahon. I mean, this is a man who doesn't like to be sneezed around. So it's just, yeah, I I think that it could lead to some sort of limiting um, as to what Cole can do. Uh, And I guess time will tell. I'm sure we'll get a dirt sheet report that's completely inaccurate and not founded in any level of sourcing by next week. Uh, I was gonna no, say, we'll actually, that's probably
2: on Meltzer's calendar right now for next week. It's too soon <laughs> it's to good. put that out yeah. there. Yeah, it's too soon. It, it's too soon. But I think for next week, he could definitely, definitely put that information out there. There's a possibility too that Michael Cole went into this as like, "Hey, let's just try it." We have Tom Phillips just sitting here. If it doesn't work, we right? Might. So maybe they went into it with that. It's kind of like the Eric Bischoff hire. Like Bischoff himself was like, "We didn't know if this was going to work." I, I, that's why Eric Bischoff didn't sell his house in Wyoming. He was like, I didn't know about to right. be back in that house in six months, like I was. So it's possible that the same thing happened for Adnan Verk. Here's the other thing: when Adnan Verk was hired, WWE had no public intentions of going back on the road, and so they were in Tampa, you know, every single week. Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee himself has said, "We got to figure some stuff out now because we're on the road." Like he had a place to do. He does his show on Friday, the Pat McAfee Show. And then goes over to the building to do SmackDown. FanDuel is providing him with a place to do his show from. That they happen to have a property in Tampa already. The FanDuel house or whatever. That other shows broadcast out of as well. He's not going to have that now. When WWE is in Texas and wherever else they are. So they got to figure that out too. Can McAfee still do his show? What's that situation going to look like? So that's going to be tough.
1: Patrick. I I got a bus. Give Pat McAfee (laughs) a traveling studio bus. I want it. Let's do it. FanDuel. You want it. Book it. I think Greg and Mario would want it. Pat McPhee would want it. Pat
2: McPhee <laughs> flies first class and hates aer- like, like He <laughs> flies private planes now, and that's how Ooh, he's been getting there. A time.
0: private plane? A private studio? plane? Yeah, yeah. Oh. that's an idea. From up in the air. With a 3,000 feet. What is, it, what, is it, what is it,
1: DraftKings? Is that his favorite? Oh, big yeah.
0: Sponsor? Big DraftKings <laughs> plane. FanDuel. FanDuel.
1: FanDuel, yeah. Fanduel. Let's get it right. Well,
0: and just FanDuel, because. Ju- just because. Uh, you know, McAfee flies isn't me the bus. I mean, the bus could drive wherever and yeah. meet up Pat at whatever place he's at, and that's how he does it. It's know? like the Lex that's... Express.
2: Like Lex Luger didn't always take yes. the bus. So yes, someone had to drive that bus, in that
1: bus like... the whole time.
0: Oh no, no, he wasn't. Patrick,
1: no. I'm sorry. Wow. So,
0: Wait, is really, Santa really is back... Santa is
1: Santa Claus not real too? There might
2: be kids listening. We we shouldn't talk about these things right now, Patrick Patel. We should really kids to show. Talk about this off. Protect. I should really stop swearing. Yeah. I'll bring up Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny here on this show. We just don't want to do that. To what about people. the Tooth Fairy? Is that one? Here's that one the for other you? thing that I want to bring up because WWE has made some decisions. Again, look at last year's releases. It's like the list of everyone who was known to give information to dirt sheets. It really is, is a big group of those people. Adnan Verk was fired from ESPN for leaking information. Whoops. Now. Did he leak WWE information? I don't even know if he had information to leak, to be 100% honest with you. yeah, I I just don't. The way they keep stuff so tight-lipped, I just don't know that he would be a leak for anything at this point. He wasn't in long enough to really have those kind of connections. I don't think that that's the reason why he got let go. But at the same time, I think it needs to at least be brought up and considered for a brief moment before being dismissed. If that makes any
0: sense. Well, I, I think even just the inkling that he may in the future, Mm -hmm. um, or that, that any, that he's a liability, um, and not just a liability as someone who isn't working, uh, on the mic, but someone who they may not trust. That's already some red flags. If you don't trust someone that you hire on, that's a sign that long term it's not going to work. And again, I do think it's a, a bit of a risk that they take when you bring in a quote unquote outsider into this business, there are still elements of protection that need to happen. There's still elements of, you know, knowledge and security, and you have to trust your employees to not only do what they do in front of the mic, but what they do behind the scenes. And, you know, sometimes it could be, you know, ignorance is bliss. Sometimes when you're coming in from a different world, you just don't know. Um, but I think that's the continued challenge they're going to have if they continue to look at bringing people from other realms um, into this company is that I think there is going to be a layer where maybe there's a little they trust them a little less. And that person is going to have to earn the trust of the company and, and the people a, a little bit more um, than someone who may be coming in from from a wrestling background I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think it helped his case. I don't think there was a whole lot that they could grasp onto to kind of keep him. I think there was just a lot of check boxes in their minds that said, you know what? He's not worth the investment.
2: So quick question before we wrap this topic up, um, because I kind of want to know what everybody thinks. So we know Adnan Verk is out. We know that. If you're WWE, what do you do now moving forward? What do you do? How do you replace him? What move do you make? What's what's the next move for WWE in this in this situation? Well, I think. Uh, sorry, I just just had to an answer. No, go first. ahead. I, I was calling uh, sure first anyway because I just sprung it on you guys.
1: Um. So I think that their first move is going to be what you said. Like the Todd Phillips is probably going to would make or his a lot of sense to, Phillips, to, yeah. Right to plug in, I Miranda. I think. You know, you keep. Talking. I think they want some sort of personality like that that's outside, and not just like Vince has always been sort of enamored with the, like, like with the legitimizing as you as you kind of taught it, like having that sort of personality that because um, you've seen it with other you've seen it with other announcers bringing someone in. I I wish I had a good name. For someone, and I wonder if Craig doesn't have someone in mind, which is why why he asked the question. Because, you know, I I think if you're going to bring someone from the outside, though, even though he didn't work, the strategy that was used with a guy like Adam Lee, where you don't start him behind the desk, but you start him as a backstage interview person, mm-hmm. you know, if you can live with with that person being in that role. And then move them progressively over. Like you, you hire. You're hired with the intent to go here, but here's where we're going to start you to get your feet wet, and then actually have you do play by play. And hopefully, you won't be Mike Adamly. Um, that, that to me, that's the, the would have been the more light, like I think that would have been more helpful for Verk. Like, and as Greg said, you know, maybe they just didn't have that kind of time to put it together, just because you know they're letting people go, and then here you are. But yeah, I don't know that I can think of a good mainstream person I would bring off the top of my head. Right. Well, you don't that have to name. Screams
2: to me, hire a guy. You you talked about direction, and I, nobody has to have, a, have right. a name. you know specifically, Miranda. What would you do if Michael Cole said, "Hey, what do I do now"?
0: I mean, I think you have to reset and and maybe bring back Tom Phillips uh, for for a while is the best immediate choice and then long-term again it sounds like either way though that they want to long-term change up the commentary booth so it's really looking at either who do they bring on next and like patrick said finding another way to onboard them in a way that allows them to be successful um or you know maybe just thinking outside of the box of maybe who's already there um or who's you know, within the the wrestling business. I know it's not very common to see commentators say from other promotions jump on board. Um, say like those from from MLW or Ring of Honor or whatnot, like that. That's not a path that they've typically taken. Um, but that an interesting route to go because that way you are bringing someone who is familiar with not only the product, but the wrestling business who probably can be onboarded and trained in a much quicker manner and, you know, can, be coachable. I think when you, when you think about anyone in any type of hiring role, you want someone that's coachable and not to say that Adnan wasn't or couldn't, but, uh, I think within the context of his background and where I came from compared to someone already in wrestling, I think it's a lot easier for someone who's already in wrestling to be coached and on board and, and brought into that role up to speed quicker. Um, but you know, uh, I, I, totally see what Patrick's means too, about what they are trying to do with bringing in, you know, broadcasters and uh, people from, from different sports. I think they just brought in a backstage interviewer on SmackDown who used to be with the, the Patriots. And so I feel like that tends to be the direction that they are looking at a little bit more now, but they have to really look at how do we set these people up for success in the future.
2: So I've got – I didn't expect you guys to have names. I have two. One that I knew going into the question, one that I thought of during the question. Years ago, they made news because they were making overtures to try to hire then-UFC commentator Mike Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Goldberg said he would never leave UFC. Well, he's been gone for a couple of years now, so uh, more than a couple, I think. So that's – he could definitely be available. He's very over the top. He's very – he's got a recognizable voice that, that you could never forget. And I think that he could definitely be a possibility if he wants it, if he cares enough to do that because he's got his own business and, and he's got plenty of stuff going on. He lives out here in, in Phoenix too. So um, so he's a possibility. The other one I don't know if they would go to because of the AEW connection, although I'm pretty sure this guy is not employed by AEW, which is kind of a one-time thing because he was only used that one time. He was also the commentator for the Rocks Titan Games on NBC So he has a relationship with NBC and everyone else, and that's Alex Goldenboy Mendez, who is also, of course, big on G4. You know, he's probably friends with Xavier Woods, knows wrestling, loves wrestling, talks wrestling. To me, you know, as I always think in terms of the business side of the business, if I were starting anything and it was going to be a televised, you know, product, cable TV, whatever, he's the guy I would go after. As a commentator, because I thought he did a damn good. He's probably the best commentator AEW's ever had to be 100% honest with you in terms of play by play and commentary because he doesn't get his own way and he's not this, you know, this, this, you know, shell of his former self or parody of his former self. Like, like the two old guys they have running around. I think he would be an amazing addition to their team and I think he would fit in. And I think he would, if he were thrown into the ad non verk situation, which I don't wish on anybody, I think he'd do very well. Um, I hope that the let's try to think outside the box experiment isn't dead because of this. I think there's value to it. And I think WWE is not a wrestling company. It's a multimedia, global conglomerate, television, movie production company. So they shouldn't just think in terms of wrestling. Not that they wouldn't. I could see them. I, I can't think of anybody who's on MLW, who's on Ring of Honor. I'm like the one person who isn't thinking, Ian Rick is a great commentator. So it's, that's on me. But...
0: I was going to say, I think AJ Kirsch right now is kind of uh, doing a social media push. Well, of course, uh, he is. to if, yes, if you they know, wanted also former Tough they Enough contestant. Probably, they
2: probably already would have hired AJ Kirsch to be one hundred percent honest with
0: you. Yeah, no, um, and and I think it's it's uh, again, I think it's it's a fair thing to. They'll probably look at someone in a different realm of mm-hmm. sports slash entertainment before that, because you're right. Yeah. I, it's it's WWE is an entertainment company that just happens to specialize in wrestling.
2: Yeah exactly like like they definitely that's a great way to put it like they can present any product they want to the product they present just happens to usually be wrestling it's not even always wrestling so there we go patrick o'dowd requested the add non topic and i think we got way more mileage out of it than i expected to so patrick o'dowd great suggestion. Go us good, good on you way to go here's what i need you guys to think about because no no actually i i do have one i don't need you to come up with one i i have one myself we're good this is your boy kenny killer telling you to make sure you check out thecheshire.com bringing you breaking news interviews podcasts galore everything pro wrestling make sure you check it out thechairshot.com i preface this with a comment that i really hope we haven't done this one before and i just can't remember it i don't think we have i don't think you guys did it without me if so my bad we'll change it i'll come up with a backup plan the baby face heel of the week is our time to take a look at one of wrestling's most famous or infamous personalities from yesterday or today and decide how they were better or would be better in this case as a babyface or as a heel. This week's babyface heel of the week is none other than multi-time women's champion. Bailey. So
1: we've not done Bailey.
2: Uh, you would have said something immediately. So, right. Um, yeah. okay. I'm gonna let Miranda Morales go first. She is the noted Bailey fan. Yeah. Before any of us came around on Bailey, Miranda Morales. How is Bailey better as a baby face or as a heel?
0: Man, this is hard. This one's a hard one for me because I am a day one Bailey fan. And we all know that was her babyface run. You know, that was her this underdog story in NXT. Um, you know, her triumphs and tribulations to get to the NXT Women's Championship, being the one of the four horsewomen kind of left behind. "Quote unquote," when the other three went to the main roster and she was back in NXT um, as as women's champion, but really helping build that division for it to be successful after she left, um, man. And at one point, as a baby face, she was getting comparisons as this female John Cena. You know, something that could be marketed towards kids and families. So as I talk myself into this, so I have come around to her heel run. It took a while. It took some working and tweaking of her look, of you know, her mannerisms, of you know, story-wise, and, and that really got sold with Sasha. Having the tables turned on that rivalry where Bailey was the heel, you know, was was the turning point of her heel run. But, you know, how how could I how could I say no to Babyface Bailey? That helped establish her career. That helped establish her her success. Um, I think that I mean just. Tons of of little kids, especially girls, just looked up to her. And when you think about one of the best women's matches in all of WWE in, you know, the past 10 years, you do think about Bailey and Sasha at NXT TakeOver. And it was because she was in that solidified babyface role to Sasha's heel. And I think that that also that's another point, too, is that her in that babyface role has played so well against heel uh, Sasha, heel Charlotte, heal Becky. And I, it's, it's almost challenging to think about it the other way around. I think the only reason it kind of worked with Sasha was because of the history, but as a face, she really was a great foil for whoever was opposite of her Oscar, um, Naya, um, you know, the, and kind of the list goes on. So as much as I can appreciate and like the direction her character is going in, I feel like she was at her best, her most popular as a baby face.
2: Patrick, what do you think?
1: Bailey as a face was, was everything you just said there, Miranda. She was wonderful, put on good matches. Kids loved her, had the bright colors. All of that great, great stuff, and it's thoroughly boring. And overstate its welcome to the point that Bailey was like, I need a change from this and need to go in a different direction, and was literally asking to turn to freshen herself up. And when she made her shift into you know, not not even, a, not even an in-between, like she just straight up heel uh and and the varying ways that she's been a heel has been great whether it's this you know the the sasha and the sasha feud notwithstanding but like the power driven like had to have the had to have that title and and just was going to do anything and everything to hold on to it you know she was bailey two belts and then wasn't going to let her she was going to keep her title and let sasha take the fall and that was going to be okay to even her being a karen on Wrestlemania <laughs> like she was a Karen yes, and it was oh, it yeah. was great it was hilarious and it was just such like it was such a breath of fresh air I think both for myself as a fan but I also think for her too like I think she is having as, about as much fun as she's had in, in her time up with the main roster being this this heel and She's at a point as a heel, she doesn't have to win and she's still over. Doesn't matter. Lose, you're still over. Lose, you're still credible. And that to me is the hallmark of a of a successful heel is when you are at a point where you're still a threat even though you lose all the time. You you've made it. You've done it and that's your and that's your character. So for me, I have found her to be wildly more entertaining with her angry makeup her care and hair, her attitude, willingness to 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 eat eat a couple of shots from Bella Twins, to turning around and making herself a, a thorn in whoever's the women's champ at the time. Give me heel Bailey, I, I love it.
2: Recently, WWE put out a, a call on social media for who was the MVP of the Thunderdome era. Since the Thunderdome era coming to an end, at least temporarily. And lots of names have been shouted out there, but Kevin Owens responded with the phrase "Ding Dong Hello" in response to who was the MVP of the Thunderdome era. For for of course they're not going to call it COVID era because it's WWE. They're not going to say that. But I, you talked about Bailey can lose and be over. Bailey cannot wrestle and still be over. She's to the point of right. character where she doesn't have to work. She was was one of the most memorable parts of WrestleMania, a very memorable WrestleMania, and. On all fronts, and Bailey found a way to shine, even though she didn't have a match and, and did so in, in a way that we'll remember for, for many, many years to come. and And I remember, even like when we went to SmackDown here in Arizona back in in 2020, right before COVID hit, I remember thinking Bailey is like I came around on Bailey, but her heel run didn't start that great she wasn't cutting. She yeah. still sounded like that crier in the promos, you know, that person who talks you know, yeah. public speaking, but they always sound like they're going to cry. And I always, you know, feel bad for them. Cause I'm sure it's not really their fault. It's just kind of how their voice sounds. And that was Bailey for a long time. Charlotte Flair had the same problem when she first started cutting promos and Bailey really got over as a heel. But I have said from day one, she would have a job for life as a babyface because of the character, because of the gimmick, because of the kids and that she would have a job for life as a babyface on the house shows. Well, we haven't had those in quite a long time. And even when we go back to them, we're probably only going to have them Saturdays and Sundays. And it's probably only going to be half the roster alternate. Like it's never going to be like it was. And, and it probably shouldn't be given where WWE is in their business right now. But I'm going to be honest with you as good as heel Bailey is. And, and heel Bailey is who got me to turn around on Bailey as a character. I still think Babyface Bailey is the better Bailey. And the way to go. And when she eventually goes back to being babyface Bailey, even if she has the Bailey buddies and everything else, I think she'll be even better because of this heel run that she had. You can't have this amazing heel run out of Roman Reigns without the babyface run that he had. Even John Cena, when he turned babyface, was a heel before that. It's it it's very hard to be one and not the other in the modern day world of pro wrestling. Not everybody's Ricky Steamboat. Not everybody's Sting. It's it's just not the same as it has been in the past. You kind of need to do both to get over. Look at Kevin Owens. Again, the reason why he's so popular now as a babyface is because people loved his work as a heel, especially the stuff that he did with Chris Jericho. That, to me, is Bailey as well, and, and put her in a position to where she can do this amazing job. and, and be, She's such a good heel that she made Sasha Banks a babyface when Sasha was a heel the whole time. Like that's how good of a heel she has been. Sasha did nothing babyface s during that feud, but was positioned as the babyface. And we haven't seen her since WrestleMania. She'll be back when when SmackDown comes back. All of that. Same with Edge. But I, it, it's tough. I actually really like both sides of Bailey at this point. But I do think her best place to be is 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 as a as a babyface. But I think it's fifty one percent, forty nine percent. I really think it's very very close on where I am with Bailey.
0: Gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three
1: minutes here here.
2: So I don't know if you guys saw this, but Drew McIntyre was recently interviewed, and amongst all the questions he was asked, he was asked to share his dream opponents, and he named three people. Any ideas first off on who those three people were? Or guesses no. on who those three people were. They're all in WWE. I'll I, tell you that much. This isn't like a Daniel Bryan are situation. Are they active? He, yes. This isn't like a Daniel Bryan situation where he says, you know, Kenny Omega. Yeah, they're all people he could wrestle tomorrow.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, AJ?
2: No, surprisingly, because I think that'd be a hell of a
1: match. Wow. Okay. Huh.
2: Um, huh. Miranda, you take a guess. Since Patrick guessed AJ.
0: Uh oh my gosh I don't oh man <laughs> my mind's just, drawing a just blade. say a
2: name <laughs> there's people on the roster
0: uh oh God um Roman no
2: yes oh. Roman Reigns was okay. one of the three names that he shared he said he's he he liked the match they had. He didn't like the fact that there was interference and a low, flow, low blow involved, and he thinks they could do even better now with where they both are in the company. The other name, I, I kind of teased it a little bit and alluded to it, is Daniel Bryan. And I was intrigued by that name because I think, again, the most believable smaller wrestler fighting bigger wrestlers in the world is Daniel Bryan. And I think that would be a hell of a match. I really, like, I think, to me, that's like, I never would have called... Drew McIntyre versus Daniel Bryan. And now that Drew McIntyre brought it up, I want to see it more than anything. Like, I think that would be one hell of a match. The other dream opponent that Drew McIntyre said that, you know, I, I just, just just couldn't be more thrilled that, that Drew McIntyre <laughs> oh, no. wants to wrestle this person <laughs> as his dream opponent
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, uh.
2: Here's the great thing about his comments about Drew McIntyre. Nowhere in those comments, or about his, his, Drew McIntyre's comments about Jinder Mahal, nowhere in those comments did he mention three-man band. He didn't talk about their history at all. He just talked about the work that Jinder's done and where he is and how great of a match he thinks it would be. Like that's what really surprised me the most is the fact that he just wants to wrestle gender as gender. It wasn't even about the history. Now you know they'd play into the history and they would do all that, and and it was supposed to happen before gender got hurt. And, and I would love love to see it from a personal perspective. Of course, I'd get mad when Jinder lost. But actually, I wouldn't get mad when Jinder lost. Jinder can lose. It doesn't matter. He's, he's untouchable at this point. He's gender freaking Mahal. He's the modern day Maharaja. It doesn't matter what you do. You uh, think Bailey can, can get by with losing? Jinder could lose a hundred more times than Bailey and still be more over than Bailey. It's gender freaking Mahal. And that's why all I that have to include it as today's three-minute one. All so so that is foot get- over
1: Gronk.
0: Yeah,
1: so had he, I, yeah you we're know. Really talking about
0: this. No, it's I know. I we wrong. talked yeah. about it. Yeah, we no. Really? I mean, he's he's fairly indestructible. I mean, I, I that's I think to his credit, always bouncing back, always coming when you least expect it, always you know making his his way back into the fold, and that kind of uh, be, that ability to bounce back. But you know continuously is a tremendous asset you know that's what you need in the wwe you've talked a lot about you know being able to ride the waves and being able to hold on when you know they don't have things for you you know gender is a prime example of that he's been able to benefit when they have great things for him and he's also you know had to kind of wait out when they don't um but i think that his level of patience that he has with this company in particular will continue to to pay you know in folds and especially if the the man drew mcintyre you know the one of the faces of the company you know that's still his dream match it's going to happen at one point you know drew mcintyre is pitching for it and i'm sure Jinder is as well we're going to see it down the line oh yeah when who knows
2: doesn't matter when when we do it's going to be box office baby right it's going to be huge this is drew mcintyre
1: make, make no mistake by the way like Everything gender's achieved, he's earned. Yes, but, oh, like in all seriousness, in fact, like i truly, I literally stop ways. you
2: from talking because we could do a whole show on gender mahal, like an actual serious sure. topic on gender mahal. And maybe it's chair shot radio, but maybe it's this. And, and because of what gender's been able to accomplish and overcome, and all of that, so that will wrap things up on this week's edition of the baby face heel podcast. You can find him on your Twitter at Wrestling Realist. It's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist. And there is one in Patrick for the Wrestling Realist. Patrick O'Dowd. Patrick O'Dowd returning to, to the airwaves this week with Bandwagon Nerds. And I'm assuming Chair Shot Radio as well. Um, continuing to do that because we need the hockey coverage. Patrick O'Dowd, I do. what can people... I'll I always ask you whether it's a nerd review, whether it's bandwagon nerds, whether it's, it's the chair shot radio you pick, which one do you want to highlight?
1: Uh, we'll highlight uh chair shot radio or not chair shot radio. Sorry. Bandwagon nerds. Uh, cause we're still doing the hero project this week. We did, uh, heroes and in independent comics, but next week we're going mainstream. It's Marvel, uh, top 10 heroes from Marvel. So we're getting into the known characters, uh, for the next couple weeks before Loki hits Disney plus,
2: which we're all very excited about. So excellent. Patrick O'Dowd excited that that you're back. You've survived your, your multiple weeks of craziness as, as in your business, those happen. And so we have to go through those. You can find her on the Instagram at the hashtag Miranda and the Facebook hashtag is spelled out, not on the Twitter because she's a Twitterless heroine and the queen of soft style. It's Miranda Morales, Miranda, with the hashtag Miranda show already in the can, but we'll still broadcast it. At it's regularly scheduled time. Tell people what they can expect off of this uh, more unique edition of your show coming up this week.
0: Yes, this is a really unique edition because I did a collaboration with the trio at Traifulka wrestling media they are a trio of wrestling podcasters um that are puerto rican so of course that's why but they're uh based uh different members in different parts of of the U S and also in Puerto Rico. And we do a preview of double or nothing. So myself, Omar, Gerardo and Alex, we go through the matches of double or nothing. We give our predictions and I talk a little bit, uh, with them about Trifurca media, their presence in, uh, you know, Spanish, uh, countries, the presence that they have, um, their, their interviews and kind of just them as bilingual podcasters, you know, how they run and kind of their background and how they got together. So um, it's a very different but awesome episode of the Hashtag Miranda Show this week.
2: And good dude, like Alex, he's reached out to me multiple times just to see how I'm doing. Like he's literally just a good dude, good person um, and, and checks on me and all the time, and he wouldn't even know I existed if it wasn't for Miranda Morales, and yet he he checks on to want to see how I'm doing, how I'm doing with that. I was going to do this earlier before the first commercial and forgot. I did want to provide the people with an update you can follow me at chair shot Greg by the way um as as I try to keep everybody informed because people reach out all the time and and sometimes it's like overwhelming and I, I try to get back to everybody so if I haven't I apologize when you're getting it via text Facebook Instagram Twitter email who knows what else like sometimes it's like oh I forgot about this and I'm sorry. Um, I had a, a round of blood work recently that actually took longer to get the results from because it was like specialty blood work and they needed a, the, the approval from like, like, like special approval, of the insurance needed from the doctor that he didn't give ahead of time. So he gave that whatever and it came back. And so with, with chronic myeloid leukemia or CML, there's a thing called the Philadelphia chromosome, which is, is scientifically called BCR ABL or they call it like Barcible or something weird like that, that, that the doctor always calls it. And I have no idea what he's saying. And, basically that is, is required for the CML diagnosis. You can have the high white blood cell count, but not have that. If you don't have the Philadelphia chromosome, it's not CML. It's probably something worse to to be honest with you. And again, I don't want to downplay it, but if you're going to get leukemia, get this kind. Um, but my, so so they've been measuring my BCR ABL and it came back. No one knows what these numbers mean, but it went from like 56 to seven. Okay. And lower is better in, in this case. So, it's like my white blood cell count is normal now. Now my ABL is getting down as well. I've been on treatment since February 2nd, so that, that's a big part of the reason why, right? The news there is because if you have that and if you're able to keep that under control for a certain period of time, then your leukemia is considered to be in remission. Now, mine is not yet. And that can take more time before it's considered to be in remission. But the doctor has been working. It's been his goal from day one is to work towards molecular remission. And, and we're getting there. We're getting towards that. And, and that continues to, continues to be a thing, continues to be a goal. And, and it's weird because as I tell people about this, like, oh, this is great. This is that. It struck me again. And it struck me before. And I oftentimes forget it. The CML, chronic myeloid leukemia, not something you can feel. I don't feel any differently. I don't have any CML symptoms, right? You can have side effects from the treatment, which are, or do happen, but they're thankfully for me, that they're somewhat rare. Um, so I don't have symptoms. I don't feel any different. People ask me how I'm feeling all the time, and they do it because they care. So I'm not criticizing those who ask me how I'm feeling, but I don't feel any different than what I felt before I had this. But so, so talk about trusting and, you know, I joked about science earlier. Talk about having to trust doctors, right? Like I have to completely trust everything they say because I don't wake up one day and be like, oh, geez, I feel this. I think I have leukemia. Like it just doesn't work like that. And, and it was found through routine blood work. Like I said before, it's not like I had a symptom and then went and got it checked out either. So this is really cool. It's really cool to know that, that, you know, doing everything the doctor says, thankfully the doctor was like, keep working out, keep focusing on all that. It's only going to help you turned out to be true. So here we are today. Hopefully at some point I get to tell you all that, that this thing's in remission and that's where we are. That's my goal. I have my fingers across for that. We'll see, but I am headed down that road, continuing to work on it. It's incurable. So even if I have remission, I still have leukemia. It does not go away. Um, there is no cure for, for what I have, but it can be controlled and it can cause me to have the same life I would have had without it. And that's where we are now. So that's the update I wanted to make sure everybody had. If you listen to Chair Shot Radio on Tuesday morning, you got that as well. I haven't posted it on social media yet because I haven't been able to record the video, but I will. And, and be very excited to share that with everybody as well. So for those of you who keep asking, thank you. There's the update. I'll try to put it out there as many ways as possible so people will get it. I can't thank people enough for the questions and support and everything that they do share. I, I appreciate it. And, yeah, we're going to keep on working towards it and keep on doing that. So... With all that said and all those thank yous, I don't want to say out of the way because they're too important to be out of the way, that really does do it for this week's edition of the Babyface Heel Podcast. You know, it's the kind of show that I figured would be a short one, and it's like the longest one we've had since we started this new format, so that's just what happened. Of course, we went like 25 minutes talking about nothing that we'd planned on talking about in the beginning, So, but that's you know, when you go off the rails, and the rails can't even be seen anymore from how far away from them you are. That's usually a good thing in the world of podcasting. So for Patrick O'Dowd, for Miranda Morales, my name is Greg DeMarco. We thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Babyface Yo podcast. And until next time, well, you know what to do. Just remember to do nothing but always use your head. Let's listen to gender one more time.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, uh.